Hello and welcome to episode 213 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the comely League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? What the fuck did you just call me? Comely. Comely? Yeah. What does that mean? We're beautiful, lovely. I'm going to use that all the time. That's great. You can also use comelier and comeliest. Oh, I can't, I'd go comeliest. I'd say, <laughs> my name's League Freak and I'm the comeliest dude you'll ever meet. <laughs> that's great. That is that is fantastic. I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's definitely entering my vocabulary from now on. Fantastic. Um, yeah, we've got a bit of rugby league news to talk about, but before we get to that... Yes, we're going to talk about a wonderful sponsor. And our sponsor is manscaped.com. Yeah. Mate, if if you've got a bit of extra, let's call it um, man garden going on, Mm -hmm. you need to get some genuine man garden tools down there. Yeah. None none better than getting the land. What is it? The uh, the lawnmower 3.0. That's the one. The lawnmower 3.0. And this is like the cutting edge and I won't cut you, but it is the cutting edge of manscaping technology. This is like the Cadillac of manscaping for your manscaping area. It will give you the best-looking downstairs you've ever seen in your life. Even you'll do it, and you'll be like, man, this is is fucking great, you know. So you go on to manscaped.com, and you get the lawnmower 3.0, and then it's going to come up. Have you got a promo code? And exclusively for our listeners. This is our promo code that we put together. We chose it for our listeners, NRL. You put in NRL and you will get 20% off plus free shipping for any products you buy at manscaped.com. And yeah, the the Lawnmower 3.0 is just going to revolutionize your life. It's going to make you feel like a million dollars. And look, this thing isn't just for men. It's for you two ladies. And it's also a great gift for that man in your life. You know, it's like sometimes it's like you don't want to have to say it out loud. So just get him one of these things. Go Get him a lawnmower 3.0, 20% off NRL is your code, and he'll get the hint. Yeah, especially when you say, honey, can you do the mowing again? Exactly. He's, he's, he's one mowing job. He will jump up and go, oh, yeah, I know what this means. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You just tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, Grizzly Adams, go and get the lawnmower 3.0. And he's going to know. Because you won't be able to not do it. And you're going to be so impressed yourself. So go to manscaped.com, put in the promo code NRL, and get 20% off, free shipping, and you get a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is just fantastic and shows how good the quality of everything at Manscaped is. Your balls will thank you. They really will. So, well, so will she. Yes. Now, um, speaking of, um, wow, this segue seems too easy. Let's just go straight to Tony Sags. <sighs> I can't believe um, you did that. Yeah, I, I, I decided to not do the actual segue I was thinking of. Self-censored. Okay. And I just thought I'd just jump straight into the uh, the news item. Um. A, 
I think it's been labelled as a revenge porn video service yeah. of Tony Staggs. Yeah. Um, nothing bad. He's just indulging in a bit of um, toe jam, really. Yeah, uh, and, and like I feel very sorry for him. Um, hopefully, whoever put this out, they you know they feel the I don't know what you call it the wrath of the law because it it's just terrible. It's a terrible invasion of privacy. I understand that he knew it was being recorded, but I'm sure he didn't expect it to be all over social media. I feel very sorry for him. Hey, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think. If players haven't learnt by now from the Tyrone May drama and a few other players as well, that just just don't record yourself having sex with anyone. Like we yeah. went through this as well with with Dylan Napper. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you're just a, a high profile athlete, just just don't take that risk. You can still root whoever you want, you know. Make sure it's all consensual. Just don't record it. It's just not... It's it's just... You know eventually it's going to fucking get out because someone's going to want to make money out of it. Yeah, and it's... I, I, it's just a, a rotten situation for him and, and it's, you know... I actually... Like, I normally don't uh, talk about these sorts of things and I don't... Like, I obviously don't send them around and stuff. Someone tweeted me into to a video of it and I was like, I didn't answer it. The bloody thing's got 50 retweets and 79 likes. So I was like, yeah. fuck, man. It's, uh, that's the thing about it, too, is I hate the fact people share it around. Yeah. It's not something I, I'm i uh, you know, interested in doing. I had someone send it to me. I was like, eh, I don't care. I don't want to watch someone else rooting someone else. No. If I do, you know, I'm I'm not going to watch a football player do it on a shaky video. I'm going to make sure I'm looking at, you know, 15 different precise angles and, you know, a great audio setup. <laughs> You're going to watch a proper proper production here. We're not going to watch some shitty thing some footy players are involved in. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's 2020. I, if, if it's not 4K, <laughs> I'm just not even watching, you know. Exactly right. Um, so it's, I mean, there's plenty of news going on. Um, yeah, yeah. This next one, Ricky Lotelli, uh, former Shark and then uh, Toronto Wolfpack player, has signed a deal to play with the Melbourne Storm for the rest of this year. Yeah, and that's good that he finally got the green light for that because they'd said no earlier and then uh, they fucking rolled out the red carpet for Sonny Bill Williams to do basically the same thing. And they had to backflip on at the NRL and say, well, yeah, you can go and play for the Storm now. It's a little bit ridiculous that they didn't allow it to happen the first time, but it allows him and his family to fly back from the UK, which is good for them because they were stuck over there. And I was reading about this the other day. He was in an apart. He he was in a uh, a property that was being rented by the club, and he got his like he'd got eviction notices and stuff, and they were in a lot of trouble. So yeah, it, he also had a um a company car as well, which they were paying for, and that's also been um yeah the uh, was it the car company has demanded that money to be returned because money hasn't been paid for that either. Yeah, so it's it's good that the storm uh, like just the fact that the storm can give him a, a place is great, 
but just the fact that his family's able to to now get out of there, get back to what he considers to be home, and um, that that's a good news story. I'm glad that that was able to be sorted out. Yeah, um, I did make a tweet about it today, which mm-hmm. um, I just said because the the thing that came up is that. Um, Toronto is supposed to pay for his airfare to get home as well, and that that's obviously not happened either. Yeah. And I said, yeah, why don't all that money that he earned at Cronulla? Well, he can't he can't afford to fly back home. I know it's a principal thing. Uh. I know that it's not his duty to do that. The club's agreed to pay that for him. But yep. in his situation with a young family, um, to me, it just it makes sense to go. You know what? I'm going to buy the bullet on this one. I'm going to pay for the airfares to go back home to be in a, at least a happy place with my family so yeah. that they're all happy instead of trying to find a fucking house over here during coronavirus and all that sort of crap. I, go I home, guess... be safe, be happy, and just go, you know what, I'll send the bill to Toronto. If it gets paid, then that's a bonus. If not, then, you know, worst case scenario is I've, I've done, you know, a few thousand dollars on airfares to get here. I think it's a whack now because there's a lot less flights, though. And... Like say say the and I don't know how much the flights are from from say Manchester to Sydney right now, but say you've got and I don't know how big his family is, but say you've got your wife and then two kids, three um, kids. Okay, so he's got three kids. It's, let's just say they've doubled, so he's going to have to spend four grand on each of them. Right there, it's a big whack, and then he has to probably. I think that now you have to pay for your quarantine. So I'd have to pay for the quarantine as well. And mm. like I can see where it could really quickly start getting up there in price. But as you say, you would think that he would have some money available to him um, from his previous contract. But then again, maybe he has been going through that really quickly because Toronto hasn't been paying him. Well, apparently he's owed in the region of you know 45,000 pounds. Yeah, that's a whack. Um. So, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, they're owned by a very wealthy owner. Why is he unable to pay these wages and stuff? I My understanding was that, and, and I haven't looked too far into it. This is just some of the things I've seen people saying. It seems like that he, it, it was a, it's a little bit like the Nathan Tinkler situation in terms of he has, he hasn't got fluid money. So he has a lot of money that's wrapped up in investments. Um, yeah, yeah. And so uh, he can't draw on that money real quickly, and especially right now in, with the, this terrible pandemic, you know, banks aren't exactly willing to throw money at you right now, and I think that that's what's happened. Right, I see. But it's, that's it's, just what I've read. I haven't looked too much into it. You see, and this, people, is why the NRL version of the salary cap is absolutely fantastic because no matter what happens to the club, the player still gets paid. Yeah. Like say, so say for instance, tomorrow, if the Penrith Panthers, it turns out they're shockingly broke and they're like, we have to shut up shop this weekend and we have to disappear completely. The NRL covers every single player's salary. Um, and that doesn't happen in the UK. And it sh- I b- was talking about it should have been happening 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, of course, no one did fucking anything about it. And 
They don't mind clubs going broke and players being out of pocket. It happens all the time go over there, and it's disgusting. Well, they had the opportunity to do it back in the late 80s, early 90s, around the same time that Australia went to a salary cap, mm-hmm. back when there was plenty of money in the, the English game. I mean, mm-hmm. players went over there to actually get a bloody pay increase. Yeah. Um, they had the opportunity again when in 96 mm-hmm. when Murdoch went over there with the Super League money. Perfect opportunity to reset the system and put in something that's going to be um, secure for everyone long term. And they just, I don't know what they did with the money. They, I don't know, pissed it down the fucking they toilet, I think. pissed it away, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, even even five, six years after that, they were still doing pretty well financially. They could have done something then, and they just did nothing. And they only brought a salary cap in a few years back. And it's not... It's not something that ensures players get paid. It's just, it's a thing they've got in place to try and level the playing field. That's it. And it's yeah, and that, completely pointless. And they, they talk about like, I mean, our salary cap is not only talent equalization, but it stops clubs from spending themselves to death. Um, over in the UK, it doesn't stop clubs spending themselves to death. And, you know, no, it's, just so a, many... it's just a notional thing. Yeah, and, and there's so many there's so many problems with the British game. It feels weird to just talk about just one thing. Like you we could probably literally do twenty podcasts and list twenty different things for those podcasts where okay, today we're talking about junior development and then the next day we're talking about marketing. And then the next day we're talking about, you know, the ex- lack of expansion in the in the in the competition. Um there is so many problems over there that I'd, it's just overwhelming. You, you have to almost start all over again. Um, and there is, you know, there's too many, there's too many little teams in little towns that, you know, they make enough noise and it doesn't happen. So what can you do? Exactly. Um, I guess the situation is going to be that Latelli is probably still going to be contracted to the, the Wolfpack for next year, I assume. It'd be a similar deal to what Sonny Bill's got. If they're around, like, I, I wonder how it's going to pan out. I would be, look, I think that it's an opportunity for someone. There's a the biggest drawing standalone rugby team in North America in a big city where the city is behind it and they get media coverage. If somebody can't make something of that, then we just haven't got the right caliber of people that have, in, like control of the money in rugby league because it is a gold mine waiting there. Um, and it's just a matter of getting the right people in there with the right backing and, and doing a good job of it. I tweeted today that it would be cool if a team like, say, Penrith, who have too many first graders for their first grade team, if they bought into a club like that and used it to farm out excess players, um, the NRL would have to approve that in terms of what the salary cap implications were. But can you imagine, like, if they could blood younger players and fringe first graders with the Toronto Wolfpack over in Super League and then be able to bring them back next season? Um, something like that would be great, but there's only certain teams could do that. I think Penrith's one of them. Yeah, um, I dare say Brisbane would be another. Yeah, they'd, they'd have the money too, 100%. Mm. Um, it's not a bad idea. 
didn't didn't the Broncos have something similar set up initially with London? I think that they bought into London at to at a certain level, but I'm not sure if they really took advantage of it too much. No, no, it was only a sort of a notional thing uh, initially. And yeah, it was only for a few years. Yeah, but because I, I remember when when that setup happened, a lot of fringe Broncos players and a lot of um, Broncos players at the ends of their careers end up playing for the London Broncos. Mm-hmm. And the London Broncos were quite strong very quickly. But as soon as that that um, structure ended, mm. yeah, it fell away very fast. Well, it just makes you wonder. Like, say, and I use my team as an example, and, and, and because they've also got the juniors where they they do have like three or four players they could get something out of by saying, go over, play in Toronto, and come back next year. We'll see how you go. Um, you know, not only are you doing that for the players, not only are you doing it for the greater game, but you've also got the opportunity of going over there and playing uh, an exhibition game and then being able to say to your sponsors, look, we play an exhibition game over in Toronto every year. And it just been something extra for the club. It'd be an interesting investment, but I think that they would need partners to go in with them, whether that's the NRL itself or whatever. Um, the good yeah. idea about that deal too is that it would take those younger players and let them play first grade footy without having the media spotlight on them twenty four seven as well too. Yeah, well, you think of someone like Burton who needs a start, and. He just needs constant footy. He could go over there and be the main playmaker on for the Toronto Wolfpack next year. That would be amazing for him and his development. And playing at the Super League level, I think it'd be really good for him too. Um, and then, like, I, I, I don't know if you'd let them play there for one year at a time, and then if the Panthers bring them back, then they're on their salary cap in the NRL. That would have to be worked out, but... I can't see a downside to that, but I could see where other NRL clubs would hate that and it would need the NRL's blessing and, and they'd have to put in, in very strict rules in place. So well, it wasn't a, a workaround. Essentially, if the, if the other NRL clubs don't like it, then they can get better financially and they can do it themselves. Yeah, someone can, someone can then go out and back the New York team. Mm. Someone can then go out and back, I don't know, Huddersfield. <laughs> then have every NRL team will be propping up the Super League. Imagine that. I can tell you there'd be certain teams that would not get investment and then there'd be other teams. I mean, I just think that Toronto is a massive, massive opportunity if somebody with the right credentials get behind it, and I really hope that happens. Absolutely. Um, we'll move on to the next bit of news. Blake Green has been released by the Warriors and he's immediately joined the Knights and he'll line up for the Knights this weekend. Yeah, and I I think this is... I think it's a dog act. Am I wrong? By, by Green? Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know. I, I think the Warriors needed to get rid of him last year. Mm-hmm. I and agree. So I, I think this helps them out more than anything else because it allows them to actually have two genuinely talented young halves who have been, you know, one's always been left out or they're on a rotating basis. At least this way you get both of them to have a proper crack at, you know, having a combination together in the side. Um, I, I don't know 
what green offers the Knights. Mm. Uh, because I think Mitchell Pierce is better than him, and I don't know that that Green's going to offer much to the Knights in the attack. I think Green would be better suited to a team like the Titans, only because they need someone experienced in their spine. It doesn't matter how good they are. They just need an, an older head in the spine somewhere. Um, that's not something I, I see the Knights. I think the Knights, their spine is pretty well balanced, uh, despite the injuries that they've got. Mm-hmm. I think they probably need to sign a hooker more than a 5'8 as well. So they yep. might be thinking of playing Kurt Mann at, at hooker maybe. I don't know what's going on. That's what I think they're going to do. And, and like, I don't think Green is a first grader. And I was saying that last year. Um, I agree with you. They should have got rid of him last year. And there were people that were saying today that, like, what, you know, what do you expect him to do? The club said that they weren't going to re-sign him after this season. It's like, yeah, he still had a contract in place for the rest of this season. And for all of the players that have left the Warriors and gone back home because they, you know, they just wanted to go home. Like, this is a dude that's an Australian who's said, oh, I'm going to go up, go up the motorway and play for the team just up the road and see you later, I'm out of here. And I just think that, you know, for a team that is having to draft in players from other clubs, I, I don't know. I just think it's a dog act. And obviously they've signed off on it, so they're happy with it. But, you know, what a terrible time to do it. Yeah, I'm... I actually think this is more more good for the Warriors than anyone else. So I'm I'm not too upset by it. Um, I think the the Warriors will probably have a, one or two weeks where they're trialing a new diff, a few different things in the halves. Yeah. But ultimately, I think it's for the best. The, you know, they're going to have Nick Arima and Harris Devita. I think in the halves. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, I would go with. And see yeah. how that that turns out. I think it's um, going to work pretty well. That as a, it'd be a bit more um a bit more energy in the halves too. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing is, too, and it's funny, for every player that they keep losing out of their side and then you get these other fringe first graders that coming in, they keep getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. Um, like last week they brought in Daniel Alvaro and George Jennings from Parramatta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alvaro's been sitting on the bench most of the time and Jennings has only played one game this year, I think. Yeah, um, I think so, yeah. But immediate improvements... And they both played well there. Um, and that's what I like about these players who have come along and played for the Warriors this year. And even though they're only on loans like Jack Hetherington, mm-hmm. they, they have played out of their fucking skin for this team. Yeah, Hetherington's been good, hey? That's a testament to these players. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going there thinking, oh, this is just an easy way to earn a few bob and stuff like that. They're going there going, no, I'm going to rip in and give it my every fucking thing I've got. And they have played some great footy. And they're getting better and better, as you said, every week. Um, yeah. And I think it's showing the, the professionalism of some players compared to other players, that yeah. these guys are coming in, new teammates, new situation, weird situation, and they're, they're, you know, none of them are superstars, but they're performing honestly. And they're, as you say, they are tearing in. They're not holding back. They're not playing it soft. They're not saying, look, this isn't really my club, so I'm going to just half-ass it. They're playing as good as they can play. Yeah. No, it's it's been a um, it's been very good. I, I like the fact that Warriors have been getting a lot of support from um, a few clubs. They're learning players along, and uh, I'm glad a lot of fans have got behind them because they they have really done a pretty um, tough thing. I think the the 
the thing to me that showed how much of a sacrifice they were making was a quote I saw today from um, Roger Tuivasa Sheik. And he said that you know, when he left home to come over to Australia to play when the comp restarted, his child was six months old. Mm-hmm. He said, now that child's nine months old and he's missed those three months. And having, obviously, being a father and having gone through that process, that period of from six months to 12 months of age, those kids learn so much and develop mm-hmm. so fast. I mean, they go from dribbling and spewing all over themselves and shitting everywhere to being able to walk. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I heard that. I was sad and it's just, and you just go, that's the stuff they're missing out on. You don't get that back. No. And um, apparently he's doing it really tough. And, you know, he's he's playing really well. And he, he knows he's a leader on that team. And, look, he's earning a lot of money. That's what the money's for. But I, when I, I heard that he had a kid that young, and as you say, it's real developmental age for them, um, man, it's it's tough. It's tough. But, you know, it is. It is what the money's for. But um, you, you, can't, you can't hug the cash and make you feel better. <laughs> Yes, you can. No. <laughs> you can. I'm telling you, Andrew. You, no. you hug, hug a million bucks a year. You watch. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'd rather hug my little girl than a million bucks. Well, look. <laughs> as somebody that is extremely lonely, i got to disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on before this gets too fucking sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hug me, please. <laughs> oh, what a seven. Oh, there's some news at the Dragons. Oh, yeah, the Dragons have worked out something that's really straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> um, Corey Norman's been dropped, and there's a rumour going around that the the Dragons want to do a, a switch with... Is, is... With Garrup Widdop. That's right, Garrup Widdop. He's... Who's he playing for again? The Warrington Wolves. Warrington. That's right. I yeah. keep getting Warrington and Wakefield mixed up because they start with W. Yeah, and they're both. Yeah. Cheers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they want to do this switch between the two so that Widdop comes back to the Dragons and Corey Norman goes over to England. Yeah. And, like, it, it just seems like a masterstroke, really. Um, yeah. Somebody was saying today, like, why would... And it was... Uh, Michael from the uh, Chasing Kangaroos podcast, why would Gareth Widdop want to come back and play for the Dragons? And I said to him, have you ever seen Warrington? That's why. Because <laughs> uh, I reckon he's gone over there and he's been like, fuck this place. Like, poor old Gareth Widdop's turned up over there and global pandemic's hit. I'd want to come back to Australia too. Yeah. Even Victoria's a, a, you know, a safer place to be at the moment than the UK when it comes to coronavirus yeah like yeah if, like <laughs> i bet i bet he's, he was on the phone to the to the storm on point and they're like dude you, you can't come back here we haven't got the money he's like listen down there there's less pandemic it's warmer <laughs> well we People did have we, government less <laughs> we did have snow down here today yeah you were telling me that's terrible it's stupid yeah um even the weather's got the rona yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I think the big problem that the Dragons are going to have with this deal is that there's no chance in hell that the UK team is going to see that replacing Gareth Widdop with Corey Norman is a step in the right direction for their club because it's not. I, yeah, I can't imagine. The only way that I could think that it would make sense for Warrington is if Warrington thinks to themselves, listen, we've lost a whack of money this year. We can, and Widdop is a highly paid player, we can lose less money by bringing in a cheaper player in Corey Norman. He might be, let's just say, 50% of what Gareth Widdop is, no. but his salary is a lot less as well. No. He'll do a job for us. <laughs> No, I'm, he's, trying, I'm, I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to sell I it. I know. Man. Gareth Widdop's out there saying, shut the fuck up, Andrew. He's selling it. Yeah. Sorry, Gareth. The crew Norman's only on like a very minute amount less than what Widdop was on. It's it's almost the same, apparently. Can we just the say... Only, the only way this works is, is if the Dragons say to, say to Warrington, we will throw in a large amount of cash for this deal to go through. Yeah, and they don't have cash because if they did, they would get a coach. <laughs> well, they'd get rid of the one they've got anyway and stop bloody re-signing him. Yeah, they would go from having like... that. They would get rid of uh, McGregor and then not have another coach who's actually banned for two more years before he could take over. Yeah, they'd probably just put... Um... Put the janitor in charge. Why not? Couldn't do any worse, could he? Just have the janitor there. And when it comes to the post-match press, just say, look, my assistant coach will do the talking here. I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> and just okay. let Flano go in there and he can just mumble and stumble. Oh, yeah, good defense. Thanks for coming. There he goes. Get, Job yeah. done. It's, it's interesting. Why don't they just have a patsy like that? Oh, that's right, because he's going to the uh, Bulldogs to coach them. <laughs> <laughs> Boomtish. Um, what else has been going on? Oh, there was the the interesting situation where Todd Payton revealed on uh, NRL three hundred and sixty actually that he went in and did an interview for the Warriors job, and then they offered it to him, and he turned it down for family reasons, <laughs> and so they knocked back Jeff Tuvey. And Todd Payton doesn't want the job. And it just, it, it's all lining up. Hang on, did he, did he go in for a job interview or they asked to speak to him? Well, he said it was an interview. Okay, and, so and, he's... And they offered it to him. They said, listen, we think you're the man, Todd. Do you want the job? And he was like, fuck no. <laughs> Which, like, why would he do the interview if he didn't it's... want the job? <laughs> The only thing I can think is that they it's did... It's like getting dressed up to go to a job interview and you go in there and say, okay, we're going to offer you this, this, and this. Um, the job's yours if you want to go. No, I just wanted to come here because I like trains. I, want, I just enjoyed the train ride here. Yeah. You know what it's like? It's like uh, you, you've got a big date set up and you get your lawnmower 3.0 out, you manscape everything, and then the date's called off. Well, no, you, you go out on the date, then you, you at the end of the day, she's like really keen to go. You just go, no, I'm just going to go home and bat off on my own, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it got graphic quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> the only other thing I can think is that he, he does the interview and he says, listen, I'm, I, I would like this job. i got to consult with my wife and family. And he goes home and he says, 
honey, I got the job. How good's that? And she said, nah, fuck this shit. Tell them you're not taking it. Which, you know, we call that a Cooper Cronk. We call that Cooper Cronking. Yeah. Cronked. Cronked. You got cronked. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation for him, hey. Somewhere, like, and Todd Payton, the ball's on him, hey. Well, he was an assistant coach at the Cowboys before he went to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And there is talk that he wants the Cowboys job. Yeah. So I dare say he set up some pretty good networks there. Um, he initially wanted the West Tigers job when he was the assistant coach there before he went to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So he likes he likes um, coaching at a place he's, you know, been at for a while. Mm. I'm just surprised that he didn't have the same um, attraction to the to a head coaching role at the Warriors. Yeah, but he's done the right thing. And we've said this before. Wait for the right job. Don't just take a crap job. Because that Warriors one, I mean, I know they'll they, go they back. They need a rebuild. Yeah, they need a complete rebuild. They need to... Uh, like it's just not the job for for anybody that really thinks that they can be there when the times are going to be good. Yeah, um, and the Cowboys wouldn't be a bad one for them. Like they they need a little bit of a rebuild too in certain places, but there's enough um, core players there for him to work with. So he's got a bit to work to work around to start off with. Mm. The Warriors don't really have that as much. No. So um, I think. I think he'd probably be a good fit for the for the Cowboys. I mean, he's certainly shown that he can he can do the job because he's he's made the Warriors team look a lot better. They do look better, and, and you know, I I think that the Cowboys could do much worse than than sign him. Um, you know, it's I just wonder what the Warriors are thinking now because they turned down Jeff Tuvey. Um, there's a certain sort of coach they want. I don't know what that is, but my guess options now. There must be Griffin that they're going after now. You you know what? If they're going for the quality coaches that have experience, it would have to be him. But then you wonder if they're looking at maybe they they are trying to get a budget option. You know, offer a guy his first head coaching role, but we can't get paid too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I I said it before. I'll say it again. I I I do think they need to get Tim Sheens over there. I reckon they should sign Eddie Jones, <laughs> and he can bring over Quade Cooper, and then they can sign Sonny Williams, and we can all fall into a coma over how fucking just boring the whole situation is. See, I think what the Warriors need to do is they need to focus on trying to win games. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. That would so, be good. Just for um, a change. Yeah, I mean, let, let's have a look at the the impact that former rugby union coaches have had in rugby league, shall we? Yeah, the uh, shithouse. Yeah. Who was the last one that was a rugby union coach that took over an, uh, a top-grade club in Australia, Andrew? Do you remember? Yeah, I think his name was Jones as well. Okay. Fucking parrot. And I, I hear that he sucked. A lot. Let's move on. Um, he wasn't a very good coach either. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, what else have we got? Was was that everything? I think it might have been. Yeah, I think so. 
Um, there's there's some opinion going around at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's not so much opinion. It's a question going around in the media. Okay. And it's obviously loaded. Yeah. Um, should the bunker rule on forward passes? Uh, no. No, I don't think yeah. so either. And we've been here before, and yep. all of the people that wanted them ruling on forward passes, they got their wish, and then they were dead against it because it is beyond a lottery and super inconclusive, no matter what the call is. And so they scrapped it, and now they want it back again. Yes. Um, also, Kurt Baptiste has returned to the Raiders. Oh, really? And I dare say he's going to slot straight into the non-jumper over there now that... Um, well, well, he'll slide into the non-jumper if Hodgson gets injured again. Is he still injured? Yeah, he's out for the year. Hodgson's oh, gone. That's right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Don't know. The You know, um, it was interesting to see the, the blow-up a few days ago about um, the Parramatta Eels game last round. And at the end of the game... Uh, Sevo chucks the ball over the sideline and the referee has a quick look at his touchy and he's like, did he throw that forward over the sideline? Cause that's a deliberate forward pass. That's a penalty. Well, the touchy's like, nah, it was flat. So game over, uh, Parramatta Eels win. Well, the media picked up on it and it's like the, the decision that might've cost the Bulldogs a chance to square it all up. And it's like, Oh, you fucking low cunts. Like, just the some of the crap that is in the media right now, the rugby league media, especially out of Fox Sports, it is such trash. It is. So uh, let's have a look what they've got going there at the moment. Um, a story that went around, which the media made. Um, Michael Maguire won't be going to the Cowboys. No one suggested that Michael Maguire would go to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But some clown thought oh Ivan Cleary left before he finished his contract that must mean that every possible West Tigers coach from then on will do the same thing so let's run that story um and it was obviously a load of shit and um got confirmed that it was a load of shit what a waste of fucking time there you but go it was, was it, what was it based on the fact that Ivan Cleary left it was so it wasn't based on like a question I, like no. what, that's no. ridiculous. No. And James Hooper's coming going, relax, Tiger Sands. Maguire won't be going to the Cowboys. Going, we fucking know that. <laughs> but we weren't stressed out. You're just getting excited about a fucking story you made up. Who cares? I, I saw another <sighs> bit of uh, circle jerk content creation that the Fox Sports were doing where they were saying that uh, Phil Rothfield and James Hooper were arguing over something on one of their TV shows. <laughs> And that was the article. And it was well, like, that's not news. Was it the cost of a pint? <laughs> I don't think they care what it costs. They'll pay it. They'll be arguing over it, though. Well, the only argument is, can I get more, please? Yeah. Whose expense account do we put it on? <laughs> um, now, they've got some rumours over here. Mm-hmm. Um. Ailing Ford has Sharks circling big name cover. And it looks like the talk here is that the Sharks are looking to um, move on Andrew Fafida. Yeah. And they're looking at James Tamo as his replacement. 
wouldn't be a bad replacement. Tamo's been playing pretty well. I he think has. the new rules really suit him. Um, you know, and Fafita's, I mean, the strapping that Fafita has on him when he runs out at the moment is ridiculous. He looks like he could go an off-season and then some just to get them injuries under control. But, you know, Fafita would be an awesome buy for some club if you can get that X factor out of him. But I, I think that he needs to let his body heal up and and then probably drop a couple more kilos. I think that the uh, the injuries that he's got, I think it's probably hurting his training. And I, I think it's it means that he's carrying a little bit of extra beef on him. Yeah, I still think um, Fafita is one of those players. He's just got that that X factor. You just need to get a coach that can um, can fire him up. Mm. Um, he'd still be a record today. Yeah, I agree. And you know, imagine having someone like him coming off the bench for say Parramatta or Penrith. They it'd just be unfair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Dragons bring in Jason Saab. He's not expected to stay at the Dragons, and yeah. have a guess at which club is rumored to be the uh, front runner for his signature. The Tigers. Yes, yeah, so they won't get it. <laughs> They won't get him. Um, no, it'd be good to see him in Bulldogs colours next year. Um, but you know, there'll be <laughs> there'll be whoever you sign on the wing next, like I don't know, March twenty third. It'll be a good player. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Okay, there's uh, yeah. there's going to be Saab on the market. There's also a fair chance that um, Alex Johnson will be on the market. Yeah, look, Two pretty handy that. bloody wingers. I, I heard he was going to the Storm, and if he goes to the Storm, that will be unfair. Because can you imagine, oh, well, Addo Carr is leaving as well, but Johnson's a, like, flat-out try-scorer and well, would be brilliant for the Storm. Vunavalu's leaving as well. He's going to Rugby Union. Yeah, yeah, he is. I wouldn't be, yeah, Melbourne might just pick up both of them. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Tristan Saylor is also looking to leave the Dragons. I think that's a good move for him. I feel like um, he's a he's a handy player. He's very skillful. I don't know what his position is, but I think he's very wasted at a, a dumb club like the Dragons. I think that a smart club will find a really good place for him. I wonder how... Could you imagine if, say, Andrew Fafida and then Tristan Saylor went to the Cowboys and how big that would be for that club. So you got Fafita there with Tamalolo and then say you put Tristan Saylor at five eighth and see how that goes. Yeah it wouldn't be a bad idea. Um Saylor I think is he's a bit like Tyrone Peachy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just a talented athlete you can put anywhere in a team and you'll just you'll just gun it. Yeah. So trying to figure out what player. position he, yeah, and you're trying to figure out what position he actually is, is the harder part because you can just do whatever, whatever you need to do. Yeah, it, look, if you said to me, he ends up being a, even just a fringe rep player at hooker in the halves at fullback or on the wing, I wouldn't be shocked by any of it. Yeah, I think ultimately I'd like to see him. Get groomed for a number six jumper somewhere. Yeah, that's my feeling too. 
And I think that's what should have happened with Tyrone Peachy. Uh, it's too late to do it with him now, but I think yeah. that would have been good if that had happened with him. The, the, uh, Tyrone Peachy's biggest problem was he he could just be anywhere on the field and just come up with magic. And uh, it was real shame that he left the Panthers because they were the perfect situation for him. And I think he was happy there. And he went up to the, the Titans and he was a little bit of a star signing and they kept trying to pigeonhole him into other positions, where I think if he'd stayed at the Panthers, he would have been a bench player still. But I think that he would have been such a feature in their team, it wouldn't have felt like he was a bench player. Would you take him back if he come off the market now? Not now, no. And, and that's only because the Panthers are in the position they're in. Um, if they were, say, in seventh place, eighth place or something like that, I think you could see an X factor you'd get back with him. But at the same time, he's also a couple of years older and it's a very young Panthers team. I think you kind of look for to try and build that team so that they all grow up together. Sounds good. I agree. Thank you. I do agree. Well, you're um, an expert, Andrew. This is true. This is true. Um, something else that happened, which we did mention before, was um, the Daily Telegraph put out their rich list. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I didn't look at it because I didn't care. Likewise. <clears throat> I was thinking what needs to be done is we need to have a poor list. And it's <laughs> not going to be based on what they earn. <laughs> just just who's really poor player. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Ash Taylor. Um, Adam Blair. Adam Blair, wow. Okay, you've knocked me for six there because I'm like, I'm like, I don't know that there's more that you can go with than than him. Um, oh, there is, there is. Um, let me just bring up the uh, player list for this year. Let's see. Um, right, Broncos. Who do we go from here? Ben Teo. Oh, Ben Teo. Darius Boyd. Darius Boyd, um, Anthony Milford. I think I think there is life in the MILF. I think that the, we, there is there's something that MILF can do that uh, he's still got he's still got the magic in him. Andrew McCulloch. Yeah, he, like I personally believe yes. What about Cohen Hess? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Moses and Bai. Oh, yeah, 100%. Based <sighs> on DWZ. That's true. Speaking of Moses and Bai, did you see starting a hooker this weekend for the Tigers? Oh, that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll work well. Yeah, so um, there's another two points that goes missing. <laughs> what position do you reckon he is his best position? Rugby union. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he'd be a good Rugby Union 7s player. Uh, I, I mean, I obviously just, he would because he's playing against park footballers in Rugby 7s. I just don't know. Uh, he's he's played, I think, 5'8 and fullback, and he's sort of more spent more time at 5'8 at the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Tigers are going to do with him. I think long-term they're going to look at Billy Walters as being their 6. And fair enough. Um, and he's not going to be able to play in the centres because you're going to have Momorowski and um, Lalua there. Mm. 
I I don't know. If they bring in a fullback or a winger, then Adam Dewey's probably going to have to get moved into the centre somewhere and someone else has got to move out. And Bayer's not a centre. He's, no. His defensive reads are at times atrocious. Mm-hmm. At the best of times, they're average. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're going to put such a poor defender at hooker, uh, I, it, it's just it's, it's alarm bells for me. I don't know what the hell that's about. It, it's like they've got this player who they're paying a shit ton of money for and they don't know where to put him, which is very West Tigers. You know what's really weird about players like that, and there's, there's a few of them around the league, is that there's, there is no thought by the coaches where they're like, listen, I know we're paying him this much money, but I just cannot use him. We've got to eat that salary. And I, I wonder if the coaches feel a pressure from above um, because they just they keep picking these players. You know what? This is probably going to make you scratch your head. Okay. If a deal came through and the Tigers got to swap Moses and buy for Thomas Mackinson, I would say yes. I would say yes as well. At least you know Mackinson's a, a winger. And, you know, he's an English winger, so he's 50% of a winger because he's not going to be able to defend. Um, and he's, he's not going to be that skillful. And he's not going to be good under a high ball. But I would still take that. Yeah. I. It's the situation there. It just, I don't know why they've got him anymore. I, I don't know. I mean, it was an Ivan Cleary thing. Yeah. I think he's just gone, oh, someone expensive is on the market. Let's chase him. And... <laughs> Wasn't entirely Ivan Cleary because the you know the West Tigers board approved it. They're just as much to blame. Um, but I'm hoping go, that my... how do you go from here's the thing about Ivan Cleary, right? Because he was there while a lot of absolutely atrocious signings were made, and some of them were definitely his boys, right? Yeah. How do you how does he do that at the Tigers, but then at the Panthers? He he's done a lot of good things. Is it just a case? Do you reckon it's a case of the management at one club says, okay, 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 and the other team says, no, we're not doing that? I think that's what it comes down to is there's much stronger leadership at other clubs. The Tigers' mm-hmm. leadership has always been feeble. Because, and as evidence of that, there's been very few changes to the Tigers' leadership, and when it has changed, it hasn't changed to someone immensely more experienced or immensely better or with an immensely brilliant track record behind them from previous clubs was, you know, being successful. Yeah. It's just been replacing someone who's so-so to someone else who's so-so. And just look at the history of signings by the West Tigers and then look at how many times they've been in the final since since they've been in existence. And you go, yeah, they've just been constantly mediocre for pretty much all but three years of their existence. And yeah, twenty years of existence, by the way. Um, and furthermore, I think Cleary's had a lot more local juniors to work with at Penrith. I mean, he hasn't really had to buy anyone. I think he got Coruscant back. Was yeah. there anyone else he's brought back or and brought in? I'm trying to think if there's anyone that. Uh, oh, he got uh, Tedavano. Tedavano. 
that so and they, he was a he's been a really really good signing. I can't think of anyone else that they've really signed, but I, I guess there that is a good point in that you know he's turned up with a, a pickaxe to a gold mine there at Penrith, and, and I think a lot of people would have done a pretty good job if they were coaching the Panthers this year. Um, it, it is crazy when you look at the the signings that the West Tigers have made over their history. And it, as you say, it's a whack of history now. And I can't, oh, like I was trying to think, in all of the NRL teams we have now, who has had worse signings over that period? And, and there's no one comes close to the Tigers. I think even the Gold Coast Titans, have, their signings have been brilliant compared to the Tigers. Yeah, they've made really good signings. They've just had, you know, the worst coaches. Yeah, bad luck, not enough good signings, not enough of the, you know, junior development that bolsters a club. So you've had good players that have sort of been left out like Shag on a Rock. And, um, you know, the Warriors, they got two of us a Sheck. It's it's crazy when you look at it like that over a 20-year period and it's it's not even close. And you you look at who the expensive players that the Tigers have bought that weren't local juniors to start with, so you're automatically wiping out Farah and Marshall there. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at the likes of Moses and By, Adam Blair, um, Russell Packer, um, Ben Madalino, Josh Reynolds. Yeah, and like... they've all been they've all been paid at least seven hundred grand a year. Chris McQueen. Like, their best signing ever, like, it's probably, I dare Jared say, Bellis. Jared. Oh, well, I was going to say Jared McCracken. Ugh. But he, like, and keep in mind, his career was ended pretty quickly. It was. So we did, and he was playing some stunning footy at the time. And he only, I think we only got a dozen games out of him. Mm. But um, I know he's British, but Gareth Ellis did actually, he was playing at his peak when he got over here. And he was able to go toe-to-toe with with the NRL players, a lot of English forwards do. Um, he was probably the peak that they got absolute value out of, um, because they weren't paying him huge dollars either. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he wasn't on yeah, eight nine hundred thousand dollars a year. He was probably on maybe half that. And we went from there to Adam Blair, and. Uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. And uh, like the other thing is, on top of all that, at one point they managed to push Robbie Farrow out the club, and they managed to push Benji Marshall out the club. And like, well, the the Benji one was a bit different because I think what happened there is both both Robbie and Benji had taken pay cuts for a number of years, mm-hmm. and I think Benji just said. I think it's about time that I started getting paid my actual worth mm. while I'm still in the peak of my career instead of being ripped off all the time, essentially. And the West Tigers said, we can't afford it. So he went, fine, I'll go to rugby union then. Mm. And they went, okay. And he's like, oh, shit, that wasn't supposed to happen. And yeah, so he had to the- go and play for the Auckland Blues and he only did that for two or three weeks and didn't like it and then came back to the Dragons. Yeah, but I mean, they, it's still, they managed to, the two guys, like the two shining lights, really, in that whole time, and they managed yeah. to make both of them say, see you later at some point, and they both come back, but it's I crazy. Think so. I mean, that was the difference between the two, is Farrah stuck around and stuck to his guns to to make sure he got some of his money back. 
Mm. Um, I don't know if you've got it all back or not. A lot of people are saying, oh, the West Tigers are shooting for paying him, you know, 900 grand a year and going, that, that's not what the West Tigers were saying was his, was his worth. Mm-hmm. That was his worth plus the money they owed him. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, like, how many years of those teams with, say, Farah and Benji in that team, like, they should have been, between them, they should have been earning 50% of their salary cap because the rest of the guys around them were bludgers. Man, they carried him a lot. They really did. And because because Robbie's decided to stick it out to try and, you know, get the money he was he deserved to get, um, a lot of people hated him. I don't understand it. Um, there's always this bullshit, and I think I've said it before, bullshit about Farrah being a, you know, a coach killer or whatever it was. There's no evidence that he got rid of any coaches. A lot of people are saying that he got rid of Jason Taylor. He wasn't even at the fucking club when Taylor got the ass. He was yeah. playing for South at the time. Yeah. It... Um, Tim Sheens was not ousted by any players. Tim Sheens said at the start of, at the end of 2011, start of 2012, when the Tigers at the time, I don't know if you remember, were regarded as being the premiership favourites. And he said, you know, apparently he said in a meeting that, you know, a handshake deal was made. If I don't get the Tigers to the finals this year, I'll step down. And sure enough, the Tigers finished ninth mm. or tenth. And um, he refused to step down. So the club forced him to honour his word by sacking him. Do you reckon that this is a, a symptom of, and, and it's something I would have argued against, say, eight years ago. But do you think this is a symptom of what happens when you've got a merged club that you just don't have a one, you've, instead of having the one direction at board level, because you've got a combined board in some sense, that you just don't have everyone going in the one direction. You sort of, once you get to that board level, you're trying to play a balancing act between the two sides and it, it just eventually flows down into your footy team. No, I think it's just. I think it was just really, just atrocious management. Like genuine top top clubs have had successful people around them for a long time, and they know what they're doing, and they keep getting good results. Mm. No one knows anyone who manages the Tigers. Yeah, like the only person I can think of that was on board level for the Tigers uh, said a lot of the right things, set up a lot of uh, you know morning teas, and then left. Yeah, you had. Uh, Grant Meyer for a period there when Jason Taylor and was it Jason? No, before Jason Taylor, Mick Potter was coach, and he was abysmal. So we had all that drama when Gordon Talos came out and said some shit from two years prior <laughs> that was completely right. irrelevant to that time. Oh, jeez! And the club started to fall apart. Um, that, that was and, weird. That it really did. Like the club, like just. There's no better way way to put it. It started to fall apart. Yeah. And And Mike just sat on his hands the whole time going, I won't do anything. I won't get involved. All you've got to do is come out and say, everything's fine with these two now. That's all water, you know, water under the bridge. They've all moved on. Mm. Um, Just move forward and and strengthen everything. And he didn't. And he just let let Robbie Robbie Farrow go out and sort of face the music. Robbie Farrow was answering questions that my should have been answering. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Because I then, remember at the time thinking, like, this is why is he being put out there as the dude that has to cop all this? Like, this is the role of the CEO. Yeah. 
that's how bad they were. Mm. Um, and it just never got better. I mean, Justin Potato, fuck. And that's what I was getting at before, is that they just replace one mediocre person with another one who's around the same. Mm. There's no one out there going, let's go and get the best operator we can and put them in there for a brief while. Get them to sort things out and move in the right direction and then get then get someone to just, you know, work from there. Mm-hmm. Never comes to their mind. And so it's just the same cycle repeating over and over and over again. You know, there's no plan with the recruitment. Let's just go out and just buy whoever's available. Yeah. Let's pay someone a lot of money and make it like they're a marquee signing. And then you go, oh, we're stuck with them for three and a half years and they're not really doing that well. And whoops. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I, I think Mark McGuire's doing the right thing in that at the very least he's trying a lot of different things. And, look, they're not going to win the premiership this year, so why not try it this year, especially in a weird year, you know? Um, But at the same time, you can't, as a club, if their big signings are, you know, big signings, if their big signings are just always dudes that are being pushed out of other clubs, it's, you know... Yeah, look, there are, there are only a few coaches and teams who can take a hodgepodge mix of players and make it work, and the West Tigers have never been that team. Mm. No, they've got to stop doing it. Yeah. Simple as that. Somehow we managed to start bitching about the West Tigers again. <laughs> I know. It just, like, it just happens sometimes. And we just fall into it, don't we? It's like gravity at some point. You're just sucked into the black hole, and it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm spaghettifying. Exactly. It just keeps happening. Yeah, it's an easy fallback thing. We could do, we could probably do three hundred episodes talking about the West Tigers. I, uh, you know, I feel as though, like, if and if if somebody said, "Here's your challenge: just do an episode of the West Tigers," we could do another two hours of the West Tigers tomorrow without any problem. Yeah, we do a season by season look at how how crap they are. Yeah, ah, it's so di- it's like. It sucks because I know what it's like to follow a club where you you just feel like there's no out in this situation and you see the wrong people getting re-signed and their their jobs never come under threat and stuff. But I've been through that for like maybe six years at most to think of going through 20 years where, as you say, they've had three really good seasons. I can't even imagine that. Well, let's be honest. There's a... For anyone who followed Balmain or West before them, it's been 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, if you followed West in the 90s, these are the good days. Yeah, 91, I think they made the finals. Yeah. West Tiger, uh, Balmain made the finals in 1990. Yeah. That's pretty much it since then. 91 was when Alan Jones came along and destroyed the place. When was the last time that the Magpies made the finals? Yeah, I think it was 91. Yeah, because I can't, I, I honestly can't remember them playing finals footy. Um, Which is kind of weird. Let's have a look just to double check. I could be wrong. I doubt it. <laughs> You're a historian and a statistician. Um, 1992. There you go. Pretty year cool. after. Oh, hang on, 96 of them had the qualifying final. No was that when way. They, was that when they had 35 teams? <laughs> who, who was their team? Have you got their team list there? 
20 teams, they finished 8th. Oh, only because... Oh, no. They did it legit. I thought okay. some team had points taken off them, but no, they did it legit. Um, yeah, I've got the team here. Okay, yeah. let, let me guess. There's a couple of players I'm thinking of there, right? Okay. The McGuinnesses. Uh, yes, they were both there. Ken okay, uh, Andrew Leeds. Yeah, he's there. Okay. Um, Paul Langmack. Yes, he was there. Um, oh. There was two other former internationals there as well. One from oh, Great Britain and one from New Zealand. Stephen Kearney? No. Oh, okay. Um, oh, man. I don't know who the Kiwi is. I feel like they had a good hooker. The Kiwi was Brent Stewart. Okay, I wouldn't have got that. The hooker was Cherry Mesher. Yeah, I was going to say Cherry Mesher. Damn it. He was out from the, the Riverina region, my, yeah. my old stopping ground. The Pommy was Harvey Howard. Oh, that's right. Harvey Howard. He was a good player. Yeah. He was a very good player. Uh, and that's Steve Georgialis. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, That well, you know what? 96, that's when he would have taught me at high school. Because he was playing for West at the time. There you go. Um, John Scandalis was 20 years old then. Oh, wow. Uh, who else is there? Uh, Andrew Hick. Yeah. Former Penrith player as well. Brandon Coston. Oh, well, wow. Some, some people might know him as Brandon Pearson. Yeah, he was a, a very handy player. Ended up going to the um, Canberra Raiders. Yeah. Uh, Craig Coleman, former South hook, uh, halfback. I don't remember him playing for West, so. Yeah. He was a handy player. I think people don't realise how good he could be on his day. I think he was what they would call in the old uh, the old days, uh, nuggety. Nuggety. <laughs> he was just solid. Yeah. Did, did a lot of defence. Um, let's play had a fair few games there. Uh, Darren Capavilla, Darren yeah. Burns, Paul Bell. Did they um, have... Did... Uh... Oh, uh, Darren Fritz play for them? Uh, not this year, no. Okay, it must have been later on. So it was, it was a fairly solid side, uh, side there. Damien Kennedy? I don't remember him. Paul Smith? Andrew Willis? Wow, he was there at that point. I thought he might have been a bit young then. Uh, he was 23 then, and Darren Willis as well. Okay. Yeah, it didn't have too bad a side. Yeah, there was there was some quality players there. Cherry Mesher was a handy player on his day as well. Very good. Yeah. Quite liked him. Yeah, he was... Uh, did he, he ended up playing for the, the West Tigers, didn't he? Yeah, the first two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, he was just one of those players that, like was solid, but then he'd have games where he'd just to be able to turn it on a little bit. Yeah, he got... Um, I mean, he was so good, he pushed Jim Sedaris into the second row. Mm. You know, um, very good player. And by the time he got to the West Tigers, and was in his second year there, uh, I think Lincoln Withers sort of started to push him out of the side. Or Darren Santa, it might have been. I think it was... I feel like it was... I feel like Darren Santa... Um, sort of made that position his own. I think people, there'd be a lot of people that would forget how important Darren Centre was. 
to the not only Balmain near the end, but the West Tigers in their early days. He was like, um, he was just one of those real clubmen, hey? He was. He's one of those rare sort of players where he he could play either lock or hooker. Mm. Um, and that was back when lock was a ball playing sort of role, not a third prop sort of thing like you got today. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I quite like him. He was, he was named Hollywood because of his bright white teeth. <laughs> Get a Hollywood smile on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, um, he was a cheeky hooker too. Yeah. I quite liked him. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anybody that ever saw him play could not like him, hey? <laughs> yeah, quite a, quite a personality on him. Yeah, he was just one of those dudes that you were like, like, even if you hated the West Tigers or Balmain, you, you'd be like, I like seeing him do well. <laughs> he, <laughs> exactly almost, right. he started to get to a point where they were, he was like one of those fringe names for New South Wales too. Yeah, he was, um, you would you would hear his name being thrown up there quite a few times. It was mostly because of his versatility too. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good little stroll down memory lane. Yeah. Man, we're de- both of... Both of us, just for listeners, are desperate to do history episodes. And I think what we've got to do, and and this, like, you know, when we started the podcast and we're like, we've just got to shut up and do it. I think we've got to just shut up and do a history episode, eh? We do, yeah. We've got a few that we've been looking at doing for a while there. Yeah. Um, so we should just shut up and do them sometime. What, <laughs> let's, what one would you like to do next? Um, yeah, we can put that for the fans to decide. So I reckon the the next one I want to do next is the first women's game and how it came about to being played oh, in Australia. Yeah, see, I think I was going to say another one, but then you say that and I'm like, yeah, I actually want to do that episode. So let's do that episode then. Alrighty. Okay. What, what was the one? What was the one you wanted to do? I, I really want to do our best teams of all time. I think that that will be like a a two-hour marathon by because we'll get stuck into talking about so many great players. But I'm really, really keen to do the women's one. And, and so, yeah, I, I'd rather do that and then save the best te- our two best teams of all time um, for, for yeah. when we've got like a when we we jump on early on a weekend or something, you know what I mean? Just just so everyone knows, um, Freaky put this idea to me of the doing our best teams of all time. And I don't think he realizes the sort of quandary he put me in. <laughs> I knew, I knew exactly <laughs> what I was doing. And you know, the funny thing is that with because I named the best team of all time, maybe I think it was about twelve years ago, and I my team has changed since then. No one has come out of it because I think they they don't deserve it. It's more players that I think, from what I've seen since then, have earned their way into it. But I knew when I said to you, hey, listen, uh, I've got this team idea. Let's do our best teams of all time. Maybe chuck yours together. And I knew what it was going to mean. That's why I take the piss out of you when we talk about it a bit. It's I like, know. You're just going to be judged for forever on who you name. That's all. That's right. And... Like every time with this discussion comes up, I keep saying, is there any chance we can just change it to like 17 different categories so I can fit all the players in that I want to have in there? 
have like the best of each nation and then have maybe the best hub workers and the best unknowns and the best this and the best that. And I'm going, that way I can get everyone in there and everyone will be happy. Yeah. Because like, like, it's like, like it's, no, it's, it's got to be the best 17 and that's it. And that's it. And the thing is too, it's like for a rugby league historian and a writer, it's ba- basically I've said, can you put your credibility and resume out there and <laughs> do a podcast about it? <laughs> and look, the one problem I've got with a lot of these things is I always want to be different. So I always want to put in there like one or two that most people wouldn't think of. Yeah. Yeah. And they're justified and you can't really argue against them at the same time you go, but what about those ones you didn't mention? Going, yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. you've got to look a bit beyond the obvious and realize that there are some players out there who deserve to be in these names, these lists, and they just aren't because they didn't get the media and stuff like that. So well, I've what, got a pretty interesting team lined up already. Yeah, because I was going to say, what we could also do, I guess, is, um, and we're st- this is like a starting block episode. You know where the starting block, they say they do, their show is actually their pre-show and they talk about what they do on a show if they were going to do one. Yes. Um, so I guess the other idea we could do is if I name my best team of all time, right, but then you name a team that is, like, best, I don't know, forgotten players or, other like, other play. I don't know. Actually, what, what we could do, mm. which would be a bit more entertaining, yeah, and puts me in less of a quandary, yeah. Is that you name your best team of all time and then I name the best team of all time that doesn't contain the players you named. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. That means I would have to show you my... Because we weren't going to show each other our lists. Mm. I, I'll have to show you my list and then you will put together a team from that. But then you don't show me who you've put together for that second team. All right. That would be cool. Because, like, I, I'm... I think I've got one place left on my team that I, I'm still tossing it up between a couple of players. Um, but, yeah, let's do that then. All right. And my challenge will be to try and build a team that's capable of beating your team. Ooh, I like this now. I like there we this. go. Yeah, we got something. We got there in the end. Yeah. Thanks for Let- indulging us, people, as we thrash that one out on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, how we talk. This is how we talk for like three and a half hours before we start recording a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We've just opened the curtain and just done a, uh, a a standard chat and not an actual podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for all that now. That'll be fun. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, if there's anything else that people want to hear us do a history episode on, let us know. Mm. Um I, I tend to be interested in the, the lesser-known stories, mm-hmm. the stories that no one's really heard much about or heard anything of. But if there's something about the game that's probably a little bit more commonly known that you want to hear about, we'll do an episode on it. It could be Daily Messenger. Mm-hmm. No matter me. I, I love doing a bit of research and, and history stuff, obviously, and we can, uh, we can pop out one of those. So anything you want to mm-hmm. learn about, let us know. Yeah, and I've got I've actually put together a list of uh, the best Penrith Panthers team of all time that I've got ready to go. Um, so I don't know whether we'll do that episode together or if I'll I'll do that as one of the solo episodes during the week. Um, we'll just see. Like we wing a lot of stuff, don't we? 
all. <laughs> all? <laughs> all? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just trying to figure out if there's anything we haven't winged. Go, it's, it's, it's the pretty only, much the all. Only, the only things we don't wing are when uh, we're not recording. But then yeah. when we record, we're winging it. Yeah, well, that's because we burn all the all the uh, all the good gear prior to hitting the record button. We really do. We've had, I reckon, we've had a dozen like top quality conversations that we didn't record, like that were like gold. Yes, oh, there was one comment which was, um, I was surprised by the response that you gave me in the um, pre-episode recorded. Or pre-episode episode that we did before this one. What did it, what was that about? And you're talking something about Newcastle over in the UK. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're talking about the the Newcastle Thunder. So the Toronto Wolfpack is out of Super League this year, and obviously because of that, the the agreement between the Toronto Wolfpack and Super League has been terminated. So there are a lot of other clubs over in the UK that are applying to take Toronto's place. And one of them is the Newcastle Thunder Rugby League Club. Now, it, they used to be called the Gateshead Thunder. <laughs> and it's funny because I remember I used to argue years and years ago, why the hell are they called Gateshead when it's really kind of just like an area of Newcastle? And Andrew brought that up when we were talking before the podcast. And he's like, why didn't they always call themselves Gateshead? And I'm like, I know, right? I've been saying that for years. Uh, Newcastle, yeah. I was, I was saying, it's kind of like being based in Manchester and calling yourself Salford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like being, you know, Swinton. Let's not call ourselves Manchester. No, no, God, no. Let's what be about... 300 strong in Swinton. <laughs> what about our history that no one other than 300 people care about? Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. It's so dumb. <laughs> Rugby league. Got to love it. Yeah. At the um, same time, though, would you want to be called the Sydney Tigers? Uh, well, that's a good point, and no. I'm no. trying to think if what look I'd say this if I'm, the Panthers come out and said they want to be called the Sydney Panthers and they're playing at Penrith uh, I I wouldn't be one of the people that would be too put out of place by it I think it'd problem, be sad but the only problem I had with Sydney Tigers and the yeah. reason why I was opposed to it was yeah. because there was three fucking Sydney teams in the comp at the time. Yeah, they all did Sydney Roosters, Sydney Bulldogs, and Sydney Tigers. Like, what the fuck? It's like pick one. Yeah. They all did it at the same time. And then, funnily enough, the least greatest Sydney team ended up with the name in the Roosters. Yes. Like the tiniest little slither of area that they have, and they end up being called Sydney. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it should be called um, Inner, North, Northeastern, um, Coastal Sydney. Like it should be called, it should be called the concrete walkway just off Bondi Beach Roosters. We just called Bondi Junction Roosters. Yeah, do you yeah, know what? Just named after the train station there. <laughs> yeah, I'd be I'd be happy with that. I look, I I think I said before they should be called the Bondi Roosters. It was a great suggestion that uh, what's his name made? Uh, you stone two GB. 
John Singleton. Yeah. Great idea. It was a great idea. Yeah. Good old I, you know, I, I heard the news the other day um, in Sydney. I can't remember what station it was. They called Eastwood Western Sydney. <laughs> can, do you, can you imagine what my reaction was to that? Wow. Western Sydney, Eastwood. I tell you what, I jumped up out of my recliner. I <laughs> tore open my flannel T-shirt and threw my f- bloody thong at the TV. I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just lucky I was so fucking, you know, drunk off my ass at 10 o'clock in the morning when the news was on that I didn't really care. Does that mean that Penrith would be considered as far western? Well, th- exactly. <laughs> I don't get that. Here's some weird shit. I've heard Concord called Western Sydney. Yeah, I've heard that one too. Which is like, are you serious? i got to drive fucking an hour to get to Concord. <laughs> and you're still in the West. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I missed a flight because I pulled pork once because of the traffic. Ah, did the pork consent? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. It was so good. Like, I'm not going to say it was worth it because it cost me hundreds of dollars to reschedule the flight, but damn, it was good pulled pork. Well, that's good. Pulled That's pork. what matters. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you want to uh, hit us up and tell us about what history episode you'd like us to, to discuss, you know, on the history of rugby league, um, hit us up on Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. You can hit either of us up on Twitter. I'm at Andrew LP. He's at League Freak. You can also get in touch with us on our website. Yeah, FergoandTheFreak.com. Um, you can send us an email as well. Yeah, we'll read the emails out eventually. That's right. We get, get to one. And you can find us on Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod, as I just said. We're on YouTube, LinkedIn. And don't forget Manscaped. Yeah, go to manscaped.com, put in the code NRL. You get 20% off everything. And just shave your balls. Make make it all look good down there. Bloody nice. Bloody oath. Get some smooth cags going on. No one has ever said that they regret having smooth cags. No. The only, the only downside is when the hair starts to grow back if you don't keep the, the maintenance up. But you won't need to worry about that when you've got the lawnmower 3.0. Yeah, and the other thing is, too, you get the uh, all of the, the other stuff that they have with it, like, uh, what's it called? Let me bring it up. Well, you also get blades every, you know, replacement blades every, was it, three months or something like that? Yeah, yeah. But you also get, like, their skincare packages and stuff. So you get the crop cleanser, the crop reviver, you know. You, you get all that stuff in the uh, Perfect Package 3.0. So that's why I reckon if, if you want to get the, the Lawnmower 3.0, just get the per- Perfect Package 3.0 because you get the lot in it. So you've got the total care package for your genitals. We need to have a word with them and get some um, some powder and call it, you know, nuts dust. Nuts dust. That would be, that would be a really good name. Yeah. Nuts dust. Good that. Maybe that can be something that's exclusive to us. Yeah, ex- nuts dust exclusive to Burgund <laughs> Freak. That'd be brilliant. There we go. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we'll wrap this one up. We'll catch you all next time. <laughs>